0: Adele with Behold the Connection. Thank you for being here with me. Not that you're with me, but you're listening to me. And I'm sure that somehow we're connected in that way. Sounds good to me. Now, listen, I always talk a little bit about my parenting course at the beginning of my podcast. You're welcome to skip ahead, but I hope you'll listen. It'll be about 30 seconds at beholdtheconnection.podia.com, P-O-D-I-A. You will find Being a Happy and Connected Parent. This is a course that I wrote. It has over 13 hours of audio, so you can listen on the go. It talks about 12 different topics, subject matter, on how to change your perspective on parenting. Printer, I'm doing a podcast. Thank you. By the way, if you guys don't have the, I think it's called an Inkjet Epson 2750. They sell these at Costco. I've printed hundreds and hundreds of pages of textbooks, and the ink is just the tiniest bit down. It is like the best printer ever. Okay, my parenting course. It just, it scoops you up in love. It's the voice in your ear that you need to regulate you so that you, you're already a good parent. You just need some reminders, as we all do. This is what therapy's for too, right? It's just that reminder of the best version of ourselves and some skills, some things you can say in certain situations, but really the course gets to the core of your heart and what we're really trying to accomplish with our kids and how we can best do that. I hope you'll check it out and I hope you'll tell a friend about it. Okay, let's talk about (laughs) the fact that we don't need to control the mood of everyone around us. So, when our kids are little, what a lot of parents default to is sort of parenting with power and control. You get to your room, you'll do as I said, even, you know, picking up the child or, you know, forcing the food in their mouth. There's a lot, when kids are little, a lot of people will really default to honestly kind of power and control because parents are bigger, parents are stronger, parents hold the food, parents um, can intimidate. And so, if you were parented that way, it can kind of come out in your parenting that that's how you best control kids. You know, you rule and reign over them. Number one, that does nothing for the connection. Number two, it does nothing for their mental health. But we can have some compassion here because we can understand that making people do things is easier when they're little, right? The brain goes there, like, we'll just make them do it. You know, just scare them into doing it. Just yell so they get scared. So we can have compassion as to why we've at times acted more in the way of fear and control to um, motivate our children to listen. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to do by far. But, and here's where I'm gonna segue into today's topic. What happens is that system ages out. Okay, your kids get smarter, they get bigger, and they realize that it's full of fluff air. When that child turns 11, they can just look right back at you and know like, well, what are you going to do? They're not so scared anymore. They have a brain. They realize they're being yelled at and they don't like it. So in my work, I find that it's that 10 to 13 age range where parents are coming to me and saying, I don't know what to do. Like they won't listen. and. I think, okay, so your skills have run out. Like the skills of intimidation just simply don't work anymore at that age. Kids know that they deserve respect and there is a certain age where they will start standing up to the lack of it. And if the parents don't have other toolkits or can't, tools in their toolbox or can't pivot or can't easily show their children respect, kindness and negotiate with them on things or collaborate... Then the parents sort of feel like my kid sucks, right? They don't listen. Is it that the kid sucks or is it that you are at the end of your, you know, parenting tools here? Today is When we parent from that place of control for so many years, we sort of have this false illusion that we can control our kids. And so when they become teenagers, a lot of parents really hit a brick wall in the pushback. Like, whoa, I can't snap them out of this mood. I can't punish them into being happy. I can't punish them into being kind. And so here is the message of today. Even if you've parented in a very controlling way, you're going to need to pivot now. But I can tell you that something that's going to give you a lot of peace as you enter these older years, and even just with other relationships in your life, is the mantra this child's mood is not mine to solve. You see, when we've parented for so long with that kind of controlling mindset, We sort of think that we are responsible for our kids, and we're not. We are responsible to our kids. We are not responsible for them. They're sovereign beings. So let's discuss the moody kid that brings up those feelings for us of disrespect or overwhelm or despair, right? We want to get in there and solve it, punish it out of them. Here's the good news your child's mood and struggle is normal. Repeat after me the mantra, this child's mood is not mine to solve. (laughs) It isn't. I think we think we have more control than we do. Okay. So while connection is always the goal, the truth is no relationship is connected at all times. How could it be? How's that even possible? We're human beings. We ebb and we flow. We have moods. We have hormones. We have stress. And our kids do too. And just by their very nature, relationships have an ebb and flow to them. You know that if you're in a relationship or marriage with a partner, right? This is just real life. And we are humans chock full of real emotion. So we can both hold the goal of awesome connection and 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 it's so freaking powerful. And we can hold the space for our child's struggle or our struggle. So in moments of struggle where you cannot get to compassion and connection, go neutral. Then later, when you're in that calm space and everything's feeling good for you, you're regulated, then get curious. So what does going neutral look like? It means not taking on your child's mood. You're not mirroring them. And if you are, stop mirroring them. Stop being upset that they're upset. Stop being dramatic over them being dramatic. Work on increasing your distress tolerance. And what I mean by that is the people around you can be upset and you can be calm. You can be around distress and tolerate it. So when you can't do compassion in the moment with them, like you're just sort of over it, take a break. You need to regulate you first. We as humans, parents, partners, we cannot sacrifice our own emotional state, or our regulation, to take care of someone else's emotional state. Not possible, okay? Disengage in love, before you mirror and engage in the contention. I'll say that again. You need to disengage in love before you mirror them and engage in the contention. Not every problem you face or child's mood needs to be solved that second. We bring about the urgency because our system goes into fight or flight or freeze. And so we're often in fight. And so it feels urgent. Fights feel urgent to our brain. But we can remember that we don't have to solve that problem right that second. One of my favorite mantras, and this is a printable in my parenting course. I encourage you to print it and put it as wall art. Put it on your fridge. Print it small and put it in your your van. Um, tattoo it on your body. I'm just kidding. It's bring the calm to the chaos. I bring the calm to the chaos. So honestly, sometimes your child just needs their mood and to work through it and you can simply just go and get on with your day. I think about this with training the filly with my son. We got a two-year-old filly that was wild. She had been going through the ring as as a meat horse, and a lady rescued her and then wanted to sell her. She didn't want to train her, so we bought her. She was wild. She's now tame and rideable, but the first couple days of taming her was a horse just rebelliously and crazily running around the pen. Anything we tried, she was bucking, slamming into the big hay bale. I mean, she just was losing her mind, okay? She needed to get it out. She needed to get it out. She needed her mood. And we just stood there really calm with our carrots, you know, this type of thing, a bucket of grain. And we brought the calm to the chaos. We let her have her mood. We let her work through it. And we just kind of went on with our day. We'd go in and out of the pen. We'd offer her a treat, etc. So we forget that kids have moods and hard days just like adults, right? We we forget that. I forget it sometimes. I do forget it sometimes. Be like, what's wrong with you? You know, you think that, right? Like, what's wrong with you? And if I really think about it, I'm like, well, probably the same thing that was wrong with me yesterday. You know, just sort of a bad day. <laughs> it's like. We forget they're allowed to have these days. Of course they are. In fact, it's part of child and teen development. It is. Honestly, sometimes your child just needs their mood and to work through it, right? They just need that sometimes. Ideally, we show compassion, but sometimes it can sound like this. I hear you're wanting space. You're feeling anger. Yeah, that's tough. I'm going to go to my office. Come get me if you need me. I love you. You know, that's sort of neutral, compassionate, but also this is acceptable. Let's say you're really heightened and you're really struggling in that moment with your child's emotion because you're personalizing it, right? You're thinking you need to solve for it. You don't need to, but you can say this, listen, this moment is tough for us both. I'm needing a break. I'll be downstairs. That's, hi dogs. That's neutral, maybe a little frustration in there. But that's fine, right? There's no berating of the child. There's no you should be different. It's This is a tough moment. I need a break. I'll be downstairs. Okay? So just a reminder, too, that toddlers and teens, their brains have a lot in common. And they don't always make a lot of sense. And they feel a lot of angst. Okay? So now add in the hormones of the teens And friend, you need to give yourself the gift of worrying about your energy, your emotions, and going neutral on theirs sometimes. Or else you're going to really struggle in these preteen and teen years. Give yourself the gift of going neutral and focusing on yourself. Your teenager's brain, preteen's brain, teen's brain, is going to be developed by low to mid-20s. So the groundwork you laid when they were little, you will reap those rewards. But in the meantime, you got to let that filly buck around the pen. Now, keep in mind, there's a pen around the filly. Those are called boundaries, right? You're still the parent, what you're not doing is running alongside a bucking filly being like, don't buck. Why are you bucking? You always buck. You know, you're just acting so crazy in this pen filly. No, you put your boundaries there as a parent. You build the pen, right? This is parenting. Safety's important. You know, you're not telling your kid yet. Yeah, go do drugs and party every weekend. There's boundaries here. We care about safety. <laughs> we are still the parents, But within those boundaries, we don't necessarily need to control every little buck that the filly does, any little rear, any shake of the head. You know, horses will do this head shake and kind of like go like they'll snort. They're frustrated. They'll lift up a front leg and kind of paw at the ground when they're agitated. I'm not I'm not running next to the filly holding her leg down. Don't you paw at the ground when you're angry? I just let her paw at the ground. I observe it. Like, oh, she's angry. Look at her paw at the ground over there. Wonder what she's working out. I let her work it out. These years are the years when your kids are working it out. They're making loops in their brain on how to react. They're figuring out coping mechanisms. They're learning about the world. All that to say, that they're normal. What they're going through is normal. Just like when you have tough days, it's pretty normal to be a human having a tough day or to be a human that's offended or to be a human that's being dramatic. It's pretty normal, especially when you don't have access to your whole brain, which teens do not, right? It kind of comes and goes. Their brains develop from the back to the front. The front's the prefrontal cortex. That's where logic and reason lives, And that's the last to develop. Okay. So, also, let's add in those hormones, right? So, theirs, their energy, their feelings, theirs is theirs to learn from. Theirs is theirs to experience. We need to worry way less about changing their moods and more about just helping them navigate it and allowing space for their feelings. We're the container, we're the pen. We're there if that horse this will happen a horse will rear up and half go through a fence. That's when we're there. We're like, "Oh boy, you know, you get the last two on the horse, you pull them back, you fix the fence, you check their legs for injury. That's our role, okay? We need to we need to be the container. We need to be the fence. We need to be the boundaries. But we don't need to worry so much about what's happening within the pen." Okay, we need to stay in the rowboat and out of the muddy pond. I talk about this in my parenting course. When we see our kids struggling and sinking and they're stuck in the mud, we don't we don't walk out in the mud and get stuck with them. We get in a little rowboat and we go alongside them and we coach them in compassion. Like you're pretty stuck there, buddy. Would you like some help or are you working this out on your own? Okay, but you're not in the mud with them. Two people stuck in a muddy pond is not useful. Go neutral as often as you can. Your kid will come back to you. They will. They're literally just developing their brains in the way that they're supposed to. Really, one, another one of my favorite mantras is nothing has gone wrong. Okay, your child's mood is not yours to solve practice going neutral practice regulating yourself practice working on your own mood practice doing the very thing that you're hoping they'll do with a partial brain work on yourself work on your distress tolerance work on bringing the calm my mom was awesome at this I remember she'd check in you know if I was in a fit or whatever do you need help are you okay you just feeling stressed whatever and say I didn't want her help so I'm like I'm fine you know Okay, I'm downstairs if you need me. And then she got on with her day. I knew she was there and kind and available, but she also just got on with her day. And there's a power in that, right? That, what she didn't do was end up mirroring. She didn't say, well, if you're, you know, in a bad mood, da-da-da-da-da, you're, you know, we'll mirror, right? We'll, we'll try to get them out of their bad mood. And then we're in a bad mood. Like, and then the whole ship goes down. <laughs> okay. I hope this helps. Please screenshot this and share it with your friends, especially if they have preteens or teens. And um, let's get the word out there on how we can bring the calm to the chaos. Thanks for listening. Take care.